0: My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. I am. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Post Credit Podcast. I am your host, Eric Italiano, senior writer at BroBible.com. Today, as always, I am joined by my co host, Kate Onder, who you could find not only writing about video games at comicbook.com, but also movies, as he is now Kate Onder Newsbreaker. My man, He's still <laughs> 21, right? Mm hmm. Broke his first story this week in the entertainment world, which you know it's legit. When did TMZ cite your piece directly? TMZ, People Magazine, oh,
1: that, everyone, you know, what that's nice how story? you
0: fucking do it, man. It's a great <laughs> feeling when you get your your first one. So genuinely. Congrats, man! That's that dope. I even though like I'm a '90s kid, I didn't realize how big of a deal Scream was. Like, I didn't realize people cared that much about Scream. No, right. no offense to you, but sure. like, no, yeah, huge news. People are all up in arms about Scream Six. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I, there's something about it. I noticed like a lot of the like tv moves movie things like like entertainment tonight and stuff are still really big on covering scream like they they still i I don't know what it is but yeah i mean it's a huge franchise and i did did we say what the news was no go Uh, ahead
0: i'll leave that to you uh
1: so nev campbell departed from the franchise that wasn't my news uh but uh she said uh basically she didn't feel she was being offered enough uh for her role to come back for scream six and she's the main protagonist across all of the movies she took a bit of a lesser role in five as a new generation kind of came in but she was still a significant part of that movie and people were expecting her to come back for six because courtney cox is and uh she's not and she she made a very public statement and said it's a pay dispute thing and uh she's walking away and so i had a chance to her. talk yeah good for her for standing up for herself uh 10 minutes after this news broke i was speaking to david arquette who was also in these movies um for a a video game he's working on Uh, it's out today called the quarry and uh i asked him what he thought and he gave a very honest statement was like yeah like i totally understand her decision you know he's like i want her to be in scream but uh he doesn't think she should settle for less of course so um,
0: I've never seen a screen film, so I didn't wow. realize. Yeah, so I, I I didn't realize that she was the main character. I also didn't realize that she was the chick from Wild Things. Which, <laughs> as, as a '90s kid, let yes. me tell you that that's, uh, a movie. that's that 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 movie helped me realize some things about my <laughs> myself growing up. But uh, yeah, man, congrats! That's dope. Uh, if you haven't seen that, check that out. Kate has put it out in tweets, and it's on comicbook.com. All right. Moving on to the news of the week. Oh, first, real quick. So Miss Marvel premiered this week, given that um, I don't know. I mean, I watched a few weeks ago. Okay, so not much goes down in the first one, right? Does she get her powers? I don't even remember. I I All right, I, don't, so. I, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. So my point being is that I just I think that the show is uh contained and sort of quote unquote small enough that we could sort of combine. episodes one and two into one podcast that is how they gave them out to journalists just one and two so I figure we'll just combine those two next week and take it from there this week the main topic will remain Obi-Wan Kenobi part four but before that we're going to get to the news of the week first and foremost the first trailer for The Rocks Black Adam has dropped The, the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is finally changing and there's been some chatter about this film unsurprisingly given that it's I think DC's first film of the year, following Batman, if I'm not mistaken, considering that they bumped back their entire slate, considering that it it comes out this summer, (laughs) Uh, very funny. Which also stars The Rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, Given that it stars The Rock, who is like a walking half a billion dollar film, and given that it's been in the works for a long time, I feel like opinions on the trailer have been all over the map so far i'm not somebody who puts much stock in a trailer unless it blows me away like i remember the godzilla 2 uh king of monsters trailer was Mm -hmm. set to like claire de lune and i was like this looks like the greatest movie ever fucking made and it turns Mm -hmm. out it sucked so like Mm -hmm. you can't really put that much stock in it i mean sometimes there is a trailer when it's like you know blade runner 2049 when you know you know but Generally, especially with superhero films, I would advise people to not put that much stock in them. That said, Cade, do you have any general thoughts about it?
1: They, like, copied Iron Man uh (laughs) i felt they were copying black panther i got that same Mm, thing interesting that's pop that yes there's a bit of that it's 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 emulating a lot of different movies i'm not sure if that's on purpose like they're like leaning into it as like we know these are awesome stories and we want to take bits and pieces from them and, and really mash them together or if it's just kind of like let's see what we can get away with here but um it 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 doesn't look like uh, anything too remarkable. Like you said, I don't. This movie could be great. The Rock tends to choose relatively good projects, not maybe great, but good. You know, they're enjoyable. So uh, it's just nothing that's like, oh yeah, Black Adam, yeah. especially for as long as it has taken. I mean, he's been attached to making a Black Adam movie since like two thousand, like six or seven. Yeah. So that's crazy. Um. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, you
0: said what I have wrote down here. It's not mind blowing to me, the trailer, but it also doesn't look terrible. And yeah. it will probably be pretty mid and gross around 700 ish <laughs> million worldwide, just like all of his films. They're basically mm-hmm. all the same at this point. You can't yeah. really, you know, discern one from the next. In defense of it, I will say, I don't think that they've revealed who or what the villain is. Yeah. I don't think that a lot of people complain when trailers give away too much. I don't think that that's the case here. So good right. job there. Yeah. I think that the character's origins are actually pretty dope and <laughs> the trailer does a good job of making that clear. Like this is a different sort of origin story than you've seen with the Egyptian god and the way that he was, you know, what seems like brutally murdered or something in his family and all this really kind of dark shit which underscores why he has a quote unquote anti-hero who -hmm. sometimes leans into bad guys, which I think is an interesting character, especially for The Rock, who always is playing a straight and narrow villain. It's going to be nice to see him lean into a bit darker if they go that way. I'll also say, I think a lot of it depends on how well the action set pieces with the Justice Society go. If Mm Dr. Fate's like moves are fucking sick Mm -hmm. and you're mixing that in with Black Adam and Hawkman and Adam, uh, Adam Smasher and Cyclone, like those are all very unique kind of cool powers. And if it looks dope and it is an exciting set piece, then I think that that's going to carry a, a lot of weight. Cause we aren't going to this film, despite the fact that I may have just said that I find the actual characters beginnings. Interesting. I'm not going to this movie to see the growth of mm. black Adam. I'm going yeah. to see it to fucking, you know, enjoy myself. So if the big explosions and sounds are all cool looking and sounding? Then I think that's all this film needs to do well.
1: Yeah, uh, I I like Pierce Brosnan a lot as an yeah. actor. I I mean, he was my first ever James Bond. Yeah. Same. So uh, to see him as Doctor Fate, which is another character, I think is just really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a lot like Doctor Strange, so <laughs> it's, it's yeah. like a very cool character to be bringing into live action. Uh, I'm there for that as long as he's cool and yeah, and it's dope. gets his time to shine. Then yeah.
0: His mask has no eyes.
1: Yeah, he's it's just, just a fucking weird looking
0: character. He's <laughs> yeah, like sick. so
1: badass looking.
0: Um all right, that comes out I think on October 21st or something like that. Something like I don't that. really think it's that important at this current time. Um, <laughs> Thunderbolt's film has been officially confirmed with I, I think uh, Jake Schreier set to direct who's directed uh, Robot and Me and let me look this up real quick great preparation Eric.
1: But yeah, I I was I have no idea who this guy is. Oh like, no, he's done, like, he's done he's done sorry, is.
0: Robot and Frank and Paper um. Towns. Which okay, I, I know what that is. Which I am aware of both of them, but it sort of reminds me of like Jurassic World snapping up Colin sure. Trevorrow after he did like very small indie films and had a lot of heart to him. That kind of what I'm is the sense that I'm getting here, which also sort of worries me, considering that this is supposed to be a film about a group of bad guys. Like reports indicated that they see this as their sort of version of the Suicide Squad. Now, Mm. I don't think Marvel is ever going to make up a straight up villain film, but it is exciting to see them finally give these characters their own movie. I've been waiting for something like this for a long time. Some characters that I've wanted to see get this type of film are Doctor Doom or Magneto. So perhaps... Thunderbolts, if it goes well, is a door to Marvel making films about characters that aren't straight up heroes, right? So the potential members in the report were named as Baron Zemo, Yelena Belova, Ghost, Taskmaster, Bucky Barnes, the Abomination, and US agent. Now I tweeted, I don't understand why David Harbour's Red Guardian is not on that list too. I feel like he'd be a perfect fit there. Mm-hmm. Um. This was coming. We knew that this was coming once they introduced uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as sort of that upside-down Nick Fury-type thing <laughs> who started to round up the team. I guess it's just nice that it's confirmed. Reports mm. indicate they're going to start to film next summer, so that probably means we'll get it the following year, so 2024. Uh, I- I'm not sure there's much to say beyond that, really. okay what do you think?
1: Really, yeah, like you kind of hit all the beats, but the only other thing I would add to that is like, This will probably get officially, officially announced because it's just like, oh, reported by whatever website broke this story. Um, D23, they announced that earlier this week is happening sometime this fall. So Uh, I imagine
0: September 10th.
1: Okay, I wouldn't be surprised if they debut like the slate for phase four or start to tease more of the movies because we don't know. You mean, phase five or. Oh, sorry. Yes. Phase five. Uh, Right. I, I think we've, we've talked about this. There's only like a few movies left. there's like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Ant-Man. And then there might be oh, Thor and then Fantastic Four, uh, which could easily it. just get pushed into phase five anyways. Like right. they're, they're not locked into anything on that. So right. um, yeah, I think that's probably the likely, that, that likely would be, thing to happen. Yeah,
0: that'll be dope. I'm hyped on that. It's been a while since we've got a big sort of film update. It's been a lot of shows yeah exactly for the last few years all right third piece of big news of the week it's that a joker sequel has been confirmed this (laughs) has been rumored and talked about for what feels like the entire year at this point i originally when talks of a joker film first happened five years ago or so as a sort of joker purist i always thought that the coolest thing about him was that even batman the world's smartest most badass detective couldn't figure out who he was and didn't Mm. know who he was so the idea of making a film based on who he was to me portrayed the entire essence of that character now that said I was wrong I think Joker is not excellent but I think it's a good movie I think it's a fascinating movie I think it's even dare I say brave considering how aggressively bleak it is Um, it got Joaquin Phoenix his first Oscar, it grossed a billion dollars. It earned a best picture nom. So, given all of those things, a part two was always going to come. But the question still remains, and I feel the same way about this one as I did the first film, even though I now admit that I was wrong. And that is that I'm just not sure that this is a good idea. I think if there's a if there's a superhero film over the last five or ten years to that you could argue captured lightning in a bottle. I think that that may be it, especially Mm. since like how much more depressing the world has become (laughs) since then. Like, Mm. I just don't know if people are, I'm not sure even if you're the biggest Joker Batman fan that you've spent the last three years thinking, I need a Joker sequel. Like, like, where's the Joker sequel? You know what I mean? But, you know, if they've got an idea that they think is good and they are clearly a talented group of artists, so I'm not going to doubt them again, but I'm just curious to see if my feelings, that my hesitancy towards them running it back, are just me, or if that's shared.
1: Yeah, it's um. So I I like the first movie. I think that movie gets like way too much hate. Like I get it. It's Taxi Driver. can't comedy. all Awesome. I get it. But like it's a perfectly fine movie. It's yeah. it's not it's not the worst thing ever. I don't think it's the best thing. Ever. I think it's a, a relatively cool idea, um, to do something that is really you know flipping a character up on its head uh that is you know DC's very protective over its batman characters particularly joker so the fact that they went that route with it and then the bleakness of it all still managed to gross over a billion dollars is crazy to me uh and speaks that people it's the like highest- interesting stuff
0: it's the highest grossing R-rated film
1: of all time. Exactly. Like, this beat out, like, Deadpool, I'm pretty sure. One like and two, yeah. yeah. That, so, so those are, are the top three. Yeah, so that's, that's crazy, right? Um, so sequel makes sense. Uh, even, like, on a narrative level, like, I, I don't know where they take this. And that's kind of what's been the thing that interests me the most is, like, the movie does not necessarily end with, like, sequel bait. Jokers maybe, like, walking around in an asylum, maybe escaping. We don't know. But it seems like you could just end it there like that's life, you know, whatever. But uh, the idea of a sequel fascinates me just because I'm like, they have set up a really interesting world in here with people going fucking crazy and revolting and basically siding with the Joker that I'm like, I want to see what the next step to that is. What is this next breaking point? And I don't think it stops it, too. I think they make a trilogy. Oh, I think
0: that's wow. The OK, conclusion. if to does well, of course, yeah. which we assume it's going to. Now, to your point, there have been quite a bit of theories, quite a bit of theories about what this film is going to be about, given that the title or the subtitle appears to be uh, French Foil Adieu, which translates madness for two. People think that this means one of two things. At some point this year, Willem Dafoe came out and said that he liked the idea of of making a film where Joaquin Phoenix's Joker inspired copycats and having mm-hmm. like the idea of dueling jokers people think that this could be a hint at harley quinn people think that this could also be a hint at batman considering one of the sort of constant mo's about their relationship is they survive and thrive because of each other and they're ying and yang so those i think are the three routes that this are going to go do any of those three appeal to you the most frankly i want none of them <laughs> Absolutely none of them. I think that with Barry Keegan's Joker already out there, I'm probably guaranteed to be in Batman 2 and 3, and all of the Jokers we've gotten out there, gotten throughout the years, combined with Harley Quinn already being done well by Margot Robbie and the Harley Quinn show that's out, that's also great. Then the third route, him against Batman. I mean, I don't even know how they would work that out because they showed like a kid bruce wayne in the first film so unless they like try to like ration that that kid was like 13 and (laughs) they like they like fast forward 10 years and like oh he's 23 now and a young batman takes on an old joker i don't really like i just feel like what made joker work is that it felt outside of itself it felt very unique and siloed and alone and i feel like just repeating is a strong word but giving us. Something that we've already gotten various times through various routes throughout the last few years, I think is the wrong move. I would rather just see how this Joker goes from guy who could barely hold because I think Joker, one of his key defining traits is that he's charismatic. He mm. could talk your head, he right. could talk for days. Arthur Fleck could barely communicate in this film. So mm. what I would rather see is him becoming like a criminal mastermind, charismatic person because of this newfound villain that he's become rather than give us the Harley story that we've seen. I think dueling jokers could be cool. It just seems messy. And I could imagine that being the highest risk plot in terms of it all just crashing
1: down. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting ideas there are a lot of not interesting ideas. Like uh, I, I don't, I, like you said, Mario Robbie is perfected Harley Quinn. And I'm not saying she has to be the only Harley Quinn forever, but I don't, I don't see this Joker being like good with a girlfriend. I mean, in the first movie, he's fucking so cringy with uh with Zazie beats plays, plays the girl in his building. Right. So, right, yeah. uh, and that's on purpose, but um, I don't want to see that for the whole movie. And Batman is like, yeah, the idea of Batman going up against this Joker is interesting on some level, but at the same time, it's like, w- can you really do something really interesting with it? And if the answer is no, then don't bother. If it's just another Batman Joker story, I don't fucking care. Um, the only thing I thought of while sitting here is like, what if Joker has like a public access talk show? Uh, kind of like trying to fill the void of uh, Robert De Niro's character and right. so he just starts his own shitty talk show. And that's like part of the movie. That'd I don't be know.
0: extremely joke. Like that reminds me of the cartoon version.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, that's like some Joker antics and it lines up with what his aspirations were in the first movie. So I'm like, I could totally see that. He just brings on just random Plus <laughs> I think to
0: your point, I don't think the Batman thing works because as we talked about, like just like he couldn't talk to people or girls, the Joker at the end of this film, Batman, I feel like any version of Batman would absolutely mop the floor yeah this dude
1: and and i don't think you really ever leave joker's perspective in the first movie and so you wouldn't see much of batman unless it's like for five seconds he just fucking hits him once and it's it's over right Right, like there wouldn't be any real i don't think this joker has like the intelligence to like outsmart him like he would never hold his own in the interrogation scene of the dark knight right right he would just fucking collapse into insanity Uh, He's not cunning in that sense. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, let's move through some quick hitters before we take a break and then on to Obi-Wan Kenobi episode four. Ezra Miller, this person, uh, (laughs) uh, has been accused of giving alcohol and drugs to a minor by the teen's parents. However, I think the person themselves have come out and said that their parents' claims are without base. I mean, look, man, DC... Ah, uh, <laughs> you can't. Back I'm actually speechless. I don't even yeah. know what to say at this point. Really, to be honest with you, so I guess we'll just keep an eye on this one as it unfolds, as I'm sure it will. uh Anthony Hopkins will voice a character in Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is now a 24's highest-grossing film of all time. Cade, you've seen this, right? Yeah, it's great. Oh, uh, all right, yeah, fuck yeah. Uh the final season of Stranger Things will feature a time jump to the future that's obvious considering the the kids are will probably be pushing 20s by the time uh <laughs> yeah. season yeah. 5 comes out cuz what Millie Bobby Brown I think is 18 some of them I think are 20 at this point already like I, I think, think so, yeah. I, so yeah that makes perfect sense uh John Hamm this is dope John Hamm to star in season 5 of Fargo alongside Juno Temple and Jennifer Jason Lee, the third season of Ted Lasso will reportedly be its last, and Borat two star Maria (laughs) Bakalova has been cast in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3.
1: All right, Cade, big week for gaming news because why exactly? So this week is Summer Game Fest, which is just. e3 but not e3 uh, which is
0: exactly what it sounds like it is when they talk about games at a festival during the summer pretty much
1: yeah exactly that uh it's not quite over uh on sunday there will be the xbox press conference where they're expected to show stuff from starfield um and uh, i'll just briefly say something about this one uh golden eye a golden eye remake is expected to be there because Oh my God, the, the, I won't talk about for too long, but like 10 years ago, there was going to be an Xbox 360 version of GoldenEye, but they made it, they finished it, it was done, ready to release. And oh, wow. then Nintendo was like, hey, wait, 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 wait. we still own the rights to this game. You can't do that. And because uh, Xbox had acquired Rare who developed the game. And so true. there was a lot of confusion yeah. on who owned the rights and it just eventually got shelved. Wow, but- I did not know that. It's pretty wild. So it seems like. Don't you think of-
0: they would check in on that before making the entire I don't fucking game? Know. I
1: don't know <laughs> what really happened. Like in that sense, like you would think there was some more communication, but I don't know. I don't, I thought it was a little more like you've got to secure a budget and all this stuff, but I don't know. They just made a game. Um, <laughs> so over the last like six months or so, a bunch of achievements from a Golden Light game that has not been announced have leaked online. So people have been playing this game and pinging the servers so it exists and um seems likely it will probably be revealed and maybe even release on sunday so and do you think it will be like xbox live i would i think that was one of the rumors is like they will have like xbox live multiplayer that's fucking that's pretty serious yeah yeah so it's uh it's gonna be hopefully a, a pretty big banger i would say Keep your expectations in check in terms of, like, graphics. This isn't going to be, like, a 2022, like, mind-blowing remake. Yeah, but
0: even if they could get it up to, like, 2010
1: graphics. I think that's probably, yeah, more along the lines of what it'll be. But yeah, still cool. Um,
0: Which is, like, still 12 years ago. But what? The first game came out in, like, 97 or 8? Yeah. So, So it's... uh, And in
1: 2010, they had a Daniel Craig remake of GoldenEye, where it was just Call of Duty, but Daniel Craig played James Bond in it. Which was... (laughs) like weird that's sick. <laughs> moving on to the next one midnight suns uh that's got a release date of october 7th i believe yep um yeah. yep and this what is what kind of game is this so it's <coughs> sorry it's a tactical rpg which means it's like a turn-based strategy game like uh xcom i don't know if you ever played that um but basically it's like you control a group of superheroes, yeah, a team of like superheroes moving through a level and uh take turns fighting these whatever enemies they are.
0: That's very big in uh mobile gaming, right?
1: Yeah, but this will have like a much higher layer of polish. It's made by the people who make XCOM and Civilization and stuff, so they are very talented and know what they're doing. Um you'll play as your own superhero that you make oh, That's cool. and, and you'll interact and build relationships with Spider-Man and Wolverine and Ghost Rider and all these other characters. Oh, that's cool. Um, and yeah, and there's like, uh, characters that are like corrupted basically like Hulk and Sabretooth and Venom, Venom and, and I think Scarlet Witch as well. Mm. Um, and so you're kind of fighting. What else this- is new? Yeah, it's 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 common. It's not it's not exactly an original story, uh, but it's it's it looks cool. Uh I don't know how well it'll turn out. I'm not particularly big into these kinds of games, but I'm going to give this one a try just because I'd like the concept of it all. Yeah. Um, so that's something to keep an eye out for. The Last of Us is getting a remake in September. Controversially as well, I say. Yes. Uh I think it's, you know, most people that play video games have played this game either on PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4, or on PlayStation 5 through backward compatibility, so people are just like, well, the, the first game's still good, like, it's not dated, really, um, right. and so people were just, like, confused, and they're charging $70 for it, which is more than the game cost originally, and more than the game cost when it was remastered, and it has less content now, because they're removing the multiplayer mode, which makes sense, it wasn't, like, uh super massively popular and they're remaking or they're making a multiplayer game standalone but it's like that's that's a lot for a game we all played nine years ago yeah 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 um it's just weird so and like the photos i've seen
0: unless you're like a hardcore gamer it's hard to tell which one's the og version and which one's the new version i gotta be honest
1: it like if you look real closely you can see like they look a lot more realistic. The first one had much more of a distinct art style. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I don't want to say it looked muddy because like that sounds like a bad thing, but it had right. this weird look to it that was that worked in its favor. Um, and this one is just like much more like Last of Us 2 where everyone looks ultra realistic, which is fine. Uh, it's just like, is that really what we're doing for $70? And I imagine the big part of it is like, well, we're making this HBO show, so we want to have something that people can go to and play once they watch this show. Um, So that comes out in September. Um, I'll probably play it because I'm a sucker, but um, Hmm. that's the way that is. Two more pieces of news here. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 got revealed. Um, Are you into Call of Duty? No, it's been a long time. <laughs> okay. Did you play the original Modern they Warfare? It sucked series?
0: me back in recently when they made it more like old COD, yeah, and not like the flying around
1: shit. Sure. But yeah, yeah.
0: Shooter games, I play for like two weeks and then and then get bored of. Sure.
1: No. Yeah. It's it's pretty repetitive. Um, I love Call of Duty. I always play them every year. Uh, some disappoint me more than others, but the Modern Warfare series is pretty consistent and is the one that I think everyone gravitates to um so modern warfare 2 is not a remake of the original modern warfare 2 it's a continuation of the rebooted series um and is kind of inspired by like sicario and will deal with like terrorists using the borders to break through because it's easier to like instead of just flying in going around with ships through the mexican border and bringing in like bombs and shit you know and doing really bad stuff Uh, And so it'll deal with Captain Price, Ghost, Soap, all those guys try and take on uh, some terrorists in Mexico. Um, And there's a 10-minute campaign demo that you can go watch online, uh, which is really cool. Um, It looks good. It looks really, really good. If you like Call of Duty, I think you're going to like this. Didn't
0: you hate the last one, though?
1: Fucking hated it. Terrible game. Oh, (laughs) wow. So crazy that they just fluctuate like that year in and year out. Yeah, I mean they have three rotating developers. So I liked it the last Modern Warfare, but the last Call of Duty game was Vanguard and was just uh just it was like what if we just made Modern Warfare again but worse and made it World War II, and it was just like this game sucks ass. <laughs> um so, the uh, quarry is uh, out today, stars David Arquette and a bunch of other, Brenda Song, a bunch of other celebrities. Oh, um, I love her, sorry. She, Just got way too
0: horny on uh, her. And pod. she's-
1: a, I do, I love that. She's dick. really good in this game. She's really, fu- she's like the best in the game, I would say, like the most funny, most charming. Um, if you played Until Dawn, it's by that same developer and it's a, you know, an interactive horror movie, basically. Gotcha. Uh, a bunch cool. of kids at a summer camp. Are vibing and then some shit goes south, and there's monsters and weird, creepy, like people like from like deliverance in the forest hunting them and stuff. Oh shit. And they have to survive the night. And there's a, a larger mystery at play, but I won't go into that. And um, you know, you're given a lot of opportunities to make choices, and based on your choices, it can change the entire path of the game. There's like over a hundred something endings to the game. I imagine they're all small variations on each other, but um. know your character can die at any moment and then they're dead and that happened to me several times so uh it's a really cool story i I highly recommend it i don't want to go too deep into it because it's it's very spoilery but uh Mm. if you like horror you like until dawn and you like games that let you uh be punished for your actions and really Mm. make you feel kind of shitty but like you're like i get it then i think you'll like this game
0: (gasps) All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 4. All right, and we are back, Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 4. It is the shortest one so far. It is also the lowest rated on IMDb so far. Not that that means shit, because most people are dumb. It should be subtitled, How Obi-Wan Got His Groove Back, because I feel like this is the week that he sort of started to remember who the version that he was in Clone Wars and the last time that we saw him in the films and so on and so forth. So, let's do a quick recap of what went down, and then we'll break it all down. Having barely escaped the clutches of Darth Vader, Obi-Wan and Tala infiltrate the Inquisitor stronghold on the ocean moon of Nur in the Mustafar system to rescue Leia, who is now being interrogated by Reva for details on the path. During the infiltration, Obi-Wan discovers a trophy vault filled with the preserved corpses of Jedi who have been captured and killed, including a youngling. While they are successful in freeing Leia, Tala's cover is blown and their presence is revealed. They eventually escape with the help of Path Commander Roken and his guerrilla troops. Vader is furious over the course of events and threatens to kill Reva, but spares her when she reveals that in, in anticipation of an escape attempt, she had attached a tracker to Leia's companion droid, Lola. Clearly, just by that plot that I just read, it is makes sense that this is the shortest one so far. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't quite call this a bubble... Episode, but it's the most sort of contained one that we've gotten yet, where primarily right. takes place on one set. Now, mm. I don't know if that's cost cutting or not. Like, I feel like Disney wouldn't need to do that. So maybe sure. this is just where the story found itself. Personally, it reminded me a lot of Rogue One, the third act yes. where. Andor and Jin need to also sort of break into this tower-like building, and so it's basically like a spy thriller type vibe, which I thought was cool. I I always like Star Wars when the heroism isn't sort of like in your face, and they really got to like dig their nails in and get their nails dirty and scratch and claw and risk their lives in not so much a like lightsaber duel gun fire away but like tala in that one scene is lying to save her life and is Mm. having to spin a a story in front of reva in the moment to save her ass and that's the sort of shit that i like
1: yeah uh it's cool espionage it's it's cool seeing obi-wan in that you know uh light uh it's it's fun seeing him try to sneak around and like hide from two stormtroopers you know it's (laughs) it's like this guy is not quite all the way back and doesn't feel he has the confidence and you know he also doesn't want to alert the whole base but like he could take on two guys and put their bodies to the side or whatever you know if he really wanted to uh so it's it's awesome seeing um him kind of use the shadows like batman or whatever and and stealth around
0: i liked how this one opened with like a literal parallel between him and darth of them both going in the back to tanks because obi-wan 2 is now burnt to shit Mm -hmm. but it's also like a thematic comp right i find that anakin is defined by his failure his failure to not sort of accurately deduce what palpatine wanted from him his failure in being a jedi his failure in not saving his love it defined him and what has turned him into darth and i find that Obi-Wan is now at a crossroads where he needs to determine whether he's going to suffer that same fate and allow failure to define him, or if he's going to pick himself back up off the mat. And I felt that he very much picked himself up off the mat, but not because... He sat around and thought about it and ged himself up. He got kickstarted into back into being the hero he used to be because Leia's life was at risk. And it was as simple as that, right? Like they say in sports that you're at your best when you're not thinking and you're just doing, and that is sort of what he's doing here, right? Like it's push comes to shove time. If he doesn't act, he's going to lose this kid and she will probably get tortured and die. So he, he's done stressing about Darth Vader and his failures and all that shit. And, His only concern is now to save her life and get her out of there. And in doing so, his sort of muscle memory of being a Jedi hero badass kicks back in.
1: Which is great, too, because at the beginning of the show, didn't want to do this at all. He had no interest and had to be really persuaded and still reluctantly did. It was like, all right, I'm in, I'm out. That's end of story. I don't really care about the kid. This is more as a favor to Organa. Right. um, And now that's flipped completely. Yes, exactly. He's like, no, I need this kid. Like, he could just go home and just be like, "Well, we tried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I made it worse. Win some, um, you lose some. Exactly. But uh, he's he's becoming a Jedi and and having that need again. We keep coming back because I think of when there's danger, you gotta act. You gotta be the one to step in and protect people.
0: So because this one is so light on plot, I think really the next and probably only big major, I'd say plot point or sort of the, the Jedi tomb that he comes right. through. And I'm curious as to what you think that's for. Are they... Are they dead and being hung as, like, trophies? Are they alive and being frozen? Are they keeping them around to extract them for midichlorians, for cloning? Is it just to show off the Jedi that that they've killed? What did you read from this scene? Is it's basically the only sort of... Because they didn't put that in there for no reason just to scare us, right? I don't think think they would have shown Jedi's faces up close if it was just a passing scene. I think that there's a purpose to that, so thoughts on that kid
1: yeah as far as i know one of at least one of the characters is a clone wars character i right. don't I don't know which one um but it, it's it's hard to tell because like that's a lot of storage space for trophies you know oh, yeah. <laughs> so right. there is a plan there i feel like i right. don't know what it is i don't know if if they basically use it as a way to like torture these people in some sense where like they're still conscious or whatever but they're frozen
0: right whatever
1: it may be and it's like because as far as I understand, that base is used to convert people into becoming inquisitors. Uh oh. so they they sometimes oh. capture people and are like, "All right, you have two options: die or
0: right." And inquisitors are like tortured Jedi, right?
1: Basically, yes. Okay,
0: so that could be actually. I think that that's probably it then.
1: It, it seems like it's like we're gonna just keep you here, and we're just gonna keep bringing you out. And be like, "Are you ready? Are you ready?" No. All right, go back. So in. you think that they're not dead? maybe i don't know it's it's hard to tell again i think that like i said like it's it it's it's star wars so who really cares but like it's a lot of storage space for for just hanging people up and just right like, and especially dead. like hidden if they were trophies they'd be <laughs> yeah they'd be displayed right this is somewhere like locked away um so yeah there's something uh, going on there i don't know if we'll see in this show though.
0: great call i think yeah. that that's it uh all right let's talk about your favorite part of the show Leia, um, I actually think <laughs> she has improved with week in and week out. I think it, the character is much better. Like it's means to an end, right? Yeah. The character is much better when she's being portrayed as a scrappy survivor than a spunky smart ass. But the difference between those two isn't the character, it's the context in which we're seeing her, right? Her quip, is this a staring contest? That's badass because of the context, because she's facing down Reva. She's not saying it to her dickhead cousin or some overbearing guard. So I think that that's what's changed, that her situation has changed. And then, therefore, her sort of um, enthusiastic prickliness, I guess is the right word, comes off better.
1: Yes, I think so. Because, like, people were, like, um, basically, like, oh... Leia's always been this way, right? Like, and I'm like, yes, but the tone of when we see her like face face with Vader in in A New Hope, is a completely different tone, like of the story. Like that is a lighter movie, and so it doesn't feel out of place. In this show, a darker show, a darker story. It's like this feels weird. You should be more scared. I think doesn't mean you have to be completely devoid of character, but like there's a difference and, and they've managed to find the line as time has gone on to the point that I, I like the character now quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Wow. We're really steaming through these and I think it just speaks to how sort of bare bones this one was because it really was break in, get package, break out. And that's about it. So I think the next point we should talk about is Reva, who my main note is suck it racist losers, <laughs> because honestly outside of you She's giving the best performance on this show so far. I genuinely think that.
1: Yeah, uh, she she holds her own in a show full of, uh, you know, as like basically probably like the second or third supporting character. Uh, she really holds her own against three Star Wars icons, Obi-Wan, Darth Vader, and to some extent Leia. You know, like the fact that she's able to really stand out amongst these three is
0: great deep. point really Great good
1: point. <laughs> so uh I, I i really appreciate the evolutionist character and her desperation uh and and willingness to stand up against vader in some respect and be like you need me you know like, yeah yeah don't fucking kill me
0: And I'm still convinced, even though she hasn't done it yet and almost tortured a kid this week, I'm still expecting some sort of turn from her because a few things. I feel like, you know, this week she sort of gives insight on her past. She was like, I was like you once. I had a droid. Uh, I had it all taken away from me, blah, blah, blah. But I think the way that she like, so when she puts Leia in that like torture chair, the way that she yells, say something. And the way that she says, I'm sorry, I really am suggests to me that to some extent she respects leia and sympathizes with her and sees herself in her and genuinely doesn't want to hurt her and resents the fact that because of her job she has to Mm -hmm. and i think that that may be a new development for her like i think that her experience with leia i've been saying this is going to lead to some sort of twist i think it also doesn't help that her boss is a increasingly hostile towards her. I mean, (laughs) so those dueling components, I think, while I don't think are going to push her towards the the light side, I think a key moment is going to come where she... I don't want to say sacrifice yourself because this is a character that I'd like to see going forward, but I also don't know how you betray Darth Vader and live unless you full out join the light side. So which would be fucking sick to be honest with you. You know, I don't, I, I just, but I just don't see it going there, especially since there's only two weeks left, but I still see some sort of unexpected left turn from her. And I think it has to do with Leia and her, and her, like, and you could tell, not only does she sympathize with her, but as I said, she respects her because of not only like, not only because of her own childhood and what she went through, but because Leia is clearly a badass little fucking kid. Like she's standing up to Sith interrogation and she's like, what six or seven. So Mm -hmm. I think that that breakthrough is going to lead to some chapter five or six twist where she maybe not becomes a hero, but pulls a heroic
1: move. I think so too. Um, Again, because like we we've talked about, like what has her arc? Otherwise, like being bad all the way through, like it doesn't exactly. really make sense. So,
0: and they're spending a lot of time on her to give her
1: no e- arc. Exactly, there needs to be something.
0: Uh so what did you think about the ending twist?
1: That she somehow put like a tracker on the droid. That was very interesting because I thought she was lying to Darth Vader because I was like, "When did you have time to do that?" Uh, right? Because I was like, "I, I, I was like, you definitely didn't because you're just saying something to save your ass." And I thought she was gonna have to come up with some desperate plan to like. But figure she out did where though. She Remember, did. she like yes. tortures it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, when you see the droid come back on, I was like, "Oh shit, that's really smart." So, yeah, I thought that that was a nice ending. Yeah, I, I, I'm interesting where that goes. Uh, have you seen? They're selling those little fucking Lola droids at Target and uh, stuff. Like yeah, like hotcakes, like, yeah, like hot cakes, You shelves. said yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. I bet.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it beeps
1: and boops. And yeah. Shit.
0: <laughs> I uh, at the like the galaxies at like the universal. I, I I'm not even sure what it's called. Like the live theme park. Mm-hmm. You could like make your own droid. Really? Yeah. Oh I need to go to one of those. It's pretty sick <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> um, All right. Just two more points here, really. Like, even though it was less than last week, I think that Vader, in the couple moments he's on screen, mm-hmm. is scarier than ever. And it's because of the physicality, right? Like, I don't think I've ever seen him move that fast. No. Or even, like, the expressiveness of his strut, the way his. Shoulders swaying the way he throws his arm forward. You were warned what would happen. Like, just the young vibrance of mm-hmm. an Anakin Skywalker Darth Vader in his... Like, I think he's supposed to be in his late 20s here or something. Probably. Just the pure yeah. physicality. He's faster. He's sharper. He's more physically emotive. It makes him terrifying. Like, that cut of him walking through the hall charging at Reva. I mean... For Reva to not shit her pants, which I, you know, I know it's not going to happen. In the show, like I'm sitting there watching, like,
1: fuck, this is scary, yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, especially because you know what he's willing to do. He doesn't fucking. Get, oh my god, my hair. <laughs> you know what he's willing to do to people, and uh, we, we were always told in PE when we we're walking around the track, walk with purpose. <laughs> Vader walk with some purpose here. He, he, he I love had that. some intense. Um, yeah terrifying and and like you said the annunciation in his voice there's some like confusion over whether it's actually James Earl Jones voice and if no, it's no, like, no. Well, like AI thing
0: he didn't record these lines Okay, I think that that is pretty much con- not confirmed but clear and okay. that they either have archival footage or something that they are able to feed through this AI thing called a re and then mm. I think that And then it like extracts every little note and sound and allows you to create words from that person's voice,
1: whatever the fuck it is. It's awesome. Like, (laughs) and, and is, is impressive. And like that, if that's the case, then that is uh, somehow as authentic of an performance one could give without actually having the actor there. And it's, it's really well done, and they're, yeah. they're giving Vader the terrifying presence that we've always wanted him to have. Like, Because he would do stuff like this in the original trilogy, but it would never come across to the audience, I feel like, that, like, oh, fuck, Vader's here to snap someone's neck, you yeah. know, <laughs> and you feel like that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um. All right, final point here, and I feel
0: like you could probably speak on this the most, is that there are apparently quite a few connections to the Fallen Order game, which is something that you've been... On, I think since we discussed episode one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was the live action debut of a purge trooper. There were some sort of underwater similarities. Darth Vader holds back water with the force the same way that Obi-Wan does. The fortress Inquisitoris plays a big part in that game's ending and is broken into and invaded sort of the same way. Mm-hmm. So do you think that this is homage or
1: direct tie-in? I mean, literally the uh the last battle of uh Jedi Fallen Order is between Darth Vader and Calcas in a hallway. You have you played it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And and they break the water thing to flood Darth Vader and escape. And then the same thing happens here, except they don't swim out, they just use it to flood the stormtroopers. And I'm like, that is so uncoincidental. Like that is so on the nose. Uh and I'm like, I, I don't know if it's a direct tie-in but it's definitely an acknowledgement i think of it all because i mean this location was introduced in jedi fallen order so like the more they keep like using stuff from jedi fallen order and building on it is like they are not just like saying this because like oh it's part of star wars lore it's like we know jedi fallen order like and that's that's interesting to me
0: well i agree with
1: you. <laughs> don't you think it's a little too late for cal to show up at this point um so, so don't you think
0: it would feel like a sort of cheap, he's here to save the dates. Like, I feel like now that there's only two left, it really needs to be the story between Obi-Wan and Leia and Darth.
1: And, and that's, that's what it. I I want. Um, the path is, is the path, the, the underground gr- railroad type thing. I totally believe that Calcast is part of that in some respect. I think that is a totally possible thing. Cause like, I, I don't know if I, I, thing. I think we brought it up on the show the first game takes place five years after revenge of the sith and the new one will take place in the exact same year as obi-wan kenobi right and i just don't think that's a coincidence especially with how much stuff they're using from jedi fallen order in this game i don't know for certain but i think if you're going to do it using that underground railroad type thing for Calcast introduction is the most organic way of doing
0: it. I think that's a great point because they bring up this path quite a bit to the point where it's like, it feels like it's a kind of storyline waiting to be.
1: Yes, exactly. So I I think if it's going to happen, it's through that. Um, and if they don't do anything more with that, that element, then he's probably not coming in, but, um, yeah.
0: So if you had to peg it on a scale of one to 10 right now of how you feel, Mm. how sure he'll show up like 7.5 oh wow that's pretty fucking high yeah
1: i think so oh wow okay uh all <laughs> right final thoughts Caden? uh the only other thing i would say is the uh the moment where he's in the dark room where he shuts off the power, I think in in the like interrogation room sick, and then, and I I knew it was going to happen as soon as the lights went there. I'm like, he's going to turn it on. And still, I was like, yeah, I have not ever like in star Wars, like jumped out of my seat and went fuck. Yeah. But that moment got me so like hard, like, physically and mentally you know? <laughs> and so i was like this rocks uh, that's awesome yeah so that was just it's it's awesome to see that progression
0: now i saw your tweet you don't watch stranger things at all i have not since the first season i'm sorry i know uh, no, i know i'm not
1: I'm <laughs> just you don't you don't vibe with it it's just kind of passed you by i don't know i've I, I think I've talked about this before. I have a lot of troubles staying with TV shows unless I'm, uh-huh. like, super invested in it on, like, a franchise level or something. Like, uh, like Dexter earlier this year was the only show I'd be, like, set Sundays at midnight. I'm there, day, every minute, you know? Uh, but other than that, and I, it might be because Stranger Things releases all at once. And I'm like, I I can't find the time to binge this or whatever. And I could just watch it weekly if I really wanted to. But yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know what's my problem. And <laughs> do, you, do you watch The Boys? I've watched a few episodes of that before. Oh, uh, wow. I, I did enjoy it. Um, boys but, is fun. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I want to get back to that.
0: Boys is fun. All right. Folks, it's been another jam-packed week. We will talk to you again next week when we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 5, the penultimate, and then Miss Marvel Episodes 1 and 2 and whatever else breaks over the next week. I don't think there's any major film releases this uh, next week. Jurassic World hit theaters this weekend. It's apparently fucking terrible. Surprise, surprise. Uh, And then...
1: Buzz Lightyears next week, right?
0: Oh, Buzz
1: Lightyears next week. Oh, yeah. I saw that this
0: week. It was fucking sick. I loved yeah. it. That's I fucking so good loved to hear. it. That,
1: that makes me so happy because I've been really excited for that movie. Oh so.
0: man, I put it out in a tweet, but it's honestly more fair to compare it to space films than Pixar films. That's awesome. Which I think, which I think says everything in and of it. Like it has a very interstellar vibe in terms of like they mine emotion and laughs from like a like a time travel plot. Which I did not
1: expect at so all. So fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was sick. All right.
0: So, oh, great call. Lightyear. So, we'll have some kind of dope space chat. I've always wanted to do like a space movie draft. So, sure. Perhaps we'll do that. All right, y'all. We will talk to you next week. Peace. Maximus Decimus Meridian.